Welcome to You Missed My Childhood, the podcast where we take a movie that I have seen in my youth and share it with uh, my co-host, Ali Tabinajad, who is just watching it for the very first time. My name is Jeff Rothschafer, and like I said, I am joined by my co-host, Ali, who is coming at us from undisclosed location this time. How mysterious. <laughs> undisclosed? I It's in Florida somewhere. <laughs> um, Florida, but where? I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's in a bunker. No, it's a condo at Fort Walton <laughs> Beach, um, Summerlin condos. <laughs> oh, you know, actually, I knew that because from our podcast stats, we finally had a Florida listen, and it was from Fort, Fort uh, oh. Walton Beach. I probably should have mentioned that we only have one <laughs> listener in Florida, so that doesn't make us sound very good. <laughs> but right away, I was able to pinpoint you. It's like, oh, there he right. is. <laughs> well, we have one in uh, England. Yeah. What happened to that guy? I don't think... <laughs> I don't think he's still there. I don't know. There's an Irish person. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're international, baby. The counts. Right. Yes, it does. Well, you know, oddly enough, this is the more Eurocentric movie that we've watched. The most Eurocentric movie we've watched so far. It is? You don't think so? How is, I... I'm curious why you think so. Well, I'm curious why you didn't notice the not the succession of German names that just came across the screen for five minutes at the very beginning. German names. I guess I wasn't paying attention to names. <laughs> was this like a German story or something? It was or? a German story. Yeah, yeah. It was originally written ah. by a German in like 1979 or something like that. So I think the movie ah. came out in 1984. But yeah, it's originally a German story. And then it's actually more or less a German-made movie, which I never realized until I watched it this time. Oh. Yeah. Like the okay. vast majority of it's filmed in Munich. Hmm. That's uh, okay. I guess we wouldn't know because it's all... No, nothing is tied to reality right nothing well <laughs> in but the real very world. little bit yeah exactly very little is tied to reality um you know we're like getting way ahead of here and we're actually just jumping into like i know right <laughs> talking about all you haven't even <laughs> right nobody knows what movie we're talking well about i think and... i think the the our smart our intelligent audience probably figured out what movie we we're talking about when they clicked on the fucking title because it's usually <laughs> it's usually there <laughs> so <laughs> you know fair con- enough con- yeah context does tend to to fill in a little bit yeah but uh yeah we are talking about the never-ending story this time and so it, this kind of also marks the first time we're actually talking about a real kids movie i think oh uh are you really short circuit was a kids movie no short circuit was a movie that could be watched by kids but it wasn't a kids movie you know oh. they still swore and it wasn't like just uh, the main protagonists weren't kids. Okay, okay. What about uh, the other movie that we watched? Coming to America. Coming to America? To... Okay, that's not a kids movie. No. Um... <laughs> what no, else you... did we... Don't throw out Billy Madison again. We can't reference that every time. <laughs> I actually had a plan to bring it up, but I guess now it can't anymore. <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> yeah, we got we got to, we got to save those little tidbits, those okay. callbacks to the the lost episode. <laughs> yeah, there's uh there was one other movie we talked about last week. And that movie was Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone is mm. definitely a, no, it's not. Okay. No, it's not a kids movie. Nope. Nope. nope definitely not. All yeah. Right. So I think this is this is this is our first proper kids movie. We talked about this off mic, but I feel so much less comfortable talking about fantasy and like this kind of movie than any other thing we've watched before, just because. Mm. I I'm I'm not a fantasy person, you know. I, I I tried to be at one point in time. So right around the time the Lord of the Rings came out, I was reading the books and I was trying to get in the movies. Oh. 
And then I rewatched those movies a couple times because, you know, I, I thought that they were like, oh, I'm supposed to like these. These are good. But then I found myself every single time I watched them, I was like spending an hour waiting for a good part. And then after that good part happened, I was spending another hour uh, waiting for the next good part. I, uh, I'm not a uh, fantasy person, except there was one book on tape or trilogy of books on tape that I listened to that I fucking loved. Um, yeah. But uh, the person who would recommend them to me hasn't recommended anything in the genre since and i've stopped <laughs> driving all the time so i don't need mm. books on tape so you never watched game of thrones either oh i did i did yeah i guess that's uh that everybody watched game of thrones I, I i did too but i also didn't really enjoy it that much it was kind of those really? one of those things where i like yeah i mean i i again i found moments that i enjoyed a lot but overall i kind of found myself getting lost and not really understanding mm. like how all the roles mesh yeah, together and yeah. then yeah just yeah. overall finding it to be a little bit boring <laughs> <laughs> how dare you <laughs> yeah oh boy do i do no. want to say that <laughs> uh, you just did it's over. well now we're now we're gonna get tweets yeah that, that's that's Hopefully. how we start getting tweets right. yeah star wars sucks too <laughs> No, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're not going there. I'm just kidding. I'm no. just kidding, everyone. I love Game of Thrones. I love Star Wars. I love fantasy. I don't like Star Wars. <laughs> okay, I don't really like it either. <laughs> uh, Game of Thrones. I've seen better. <laughs> uh, never ending story for one. Right, right. Yeah, I I thought. So... So you you mentioned a long time ago how you had a book that you thought might be related to this, but it, was, I, it wasn't I, the same book? Right. I still don't know, actually. It could oh. be or it might not be. Well, you asked, you asked me if this was based on a book, and I just stupidly said, no, it's not based on a book. Or maybe I said, I don't know. And yeah. the answer is it uh, it is based on a book. Okay. You know, a German book, as we described hmm. earlier. So... So, like, what, what kind of... I don't know. this remind you of anything that you watched as a kid? Anything I... Not really. It was very... This was unique to me. This felt unique. Uh, but I guess I have seen... Yeah, I've seen, like, The Labyrinth. I've seen... Uh, mm. What else? I don't know if The Labyrinth has is like this, actually. What am I thinking of? Somewhat, yeah. yeah. You know, it has a puppetry, and it has, like, child protagonists. And I, yeah. I, think, I think Labyrinth is considered a, bit, a little bit darker, even. Right. It sure yeah. it definitely yeah. is. Um, and you have David Bowie's balls too, so you know that's a, <laughs> that <laughs> requires a PG rating at least. His balls? Yeah, oh my god! <laughs> really? Have you not seen Labyrinth? All right. I have, but I don't remember freaking you know David Bowie's balls. I... <laughs> <laughs> then, my friend, you have not seen Labyrinth. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't want to just watch it again just to see his balls. They have to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not like you get like a close up of his balls, but just you know when he's dancing around and like jumping around, you huh. you know he's you see you see you see visible. I think it's like the first time I like was like, wow, that's a penis in a movie. All right, <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. And uh, hmm. one one of the one of the these girls I dated when I was in high school, she had, had a story. I'm not going to say who it is because it might be kind of embarrassing. But uh, she was talking about how when she watched Labyrinth, her and her friend would like kiss the TV when that appeared. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that that would be definitely embarrassing. <laughs> oh man! So 
I was kind of wondering if, like, you know, because it's a kid's movie, if we were not get vulgar or, like, swear, but we already kind of yeah, crossed both those lines. So, I don't yeah. think I have a kid's audience. <laughs> you're not weird. gonna gain anyway this yeah. episode an eight-year-old that's like right. hmm, this, i wonder if this movie that's 30 years older than me is any right. good <laughs> or a parent that's like oh yeah this is a great movie listen to this podcast these two right. doofuses made <laughs> so anyways you totally missed the germanness of it which i don't know how uh so since you're talking about the germanness of everything play the song play the theme song of this oh this theme song um made sense of a scene in stranger things when the kid busts out singing the I song was right wondering yeah so yeah yeah i i read about that i don't remember that exactly but that's good oh. memory on you man that happened hmm okay so here it is That doesn't sound German as hell to you? No, it's an or English European song. What, what, it's, what it's about in English, it? But is... like, but the, the actual sound of it. And so I guess that was in part made by this guy, actually an Italian dude, oh. who is kind of called the godfather of disco. I'm going to butcher his name, but his name is like Giorgio Morador, I believe. Huh. And, uh, you know, he's like one of the great influencers of bands like Daft Punk and Kraftwerk and things huh. like that. Kind of like the godfather of the synth godfather that sounds dark when you call him a godfather you know <laughs> like i imagine him having murdered people to have gotten to where he was well i mean you know like james brown's the godfather of soul oh did he yeah. murder people no <laughs> well actually he may have yeah, yeah. He, he he did some shitty things for sure but i don't think he, i don't think murder was part of it okay anyways uh yeah so this movie <laughs> I, I i which i didn't pick up at all is pretty european Probably one of the most European movies I watched as a kid. And so you don't really get the sense, though, because the first things you see after you hear this theme song is a bunch of crazy clouds floating around mm -hmm. as you go into this pretty average American-looking home with just a dad and the kid. Did you notice what the dad was making for breakfast? Oh, yeah, definitely. That was, like, the one thing in my notes from <laughs> then. Um, so this might be a European thing, or maybe it was, like, I thought to something weird that i noticed in my script that like one of the characters that people thought was best developed was the one that had like a weird thing that he did um hmm. and i wonder if that that was their way of like deepening the father character of, yeah quirks get mistaken for development right right um so yeah he cracks an egg into a um, into orange juice and blends I it i guess orange juice yeah, yeah yeah and then drinks it and drinks it for breakfast Super weird, yeah. So, how would you how would you describe the father? Like, what what is the relationship towards him and Bastion, who's the who's the main kid in this film? Well, I mean, the relationship that he has with his kid is summarized in one scene, and that's the only thing we see of it. So, maybe I know. that's yeah. I, 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 I yeah. I don't know if I feel good talking about the relationship. <laughs> 
<laughs> on that. Um, I mean, we, well, okay. Well, well, we can say it's distant without you know giving too much away or like okay. putting to find a point on it, right? I mean, it's obviously. Uh, who knows? Maybe they have. I mean, they've gone through a loss together. We find out that the mother's dead. And, yeah, we do find that out. Yeah. yeah. But the dad also talks to him like he's like going to be starting college soon. He's like, stop daydreaming. <laughs> Start facing your problems. I know. You know? Yeah, like, that's that's true. Yeah. Very, very adult way of talking to him. Like, and this kid is what, like eight, nine, maybe 10 years old at the most? Right. Right. So we, we are starting to get the impression that this kid is maybe kind of an isolated kid, doesn't really have a whole lot of friends. And then the next scene cements that because he gets teased by bullies. They call him the weirdo. Teased? And they try and jump him. What, what's that? He gets more than teased. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm still talking. You know, <laughs> Jeez. Okay. <laughs> well, just, they, 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 they called him a weirdo, and then they chased after him for money. Yeah. Where, and then they throw him in a dumpster. But like, where was he teased? Well, by calling him a weirdo. Like, oh, oh. look, the weirdo's here. Okay, I guess <laughs> there has to be some teasing involved. <laughs> calling somebody a weirdo is just regular you know bully things you do like that's just regular conversation right, I mean, most exactly. people i see on the street i'm like what a weirdo <laughs> right they they throw him into a dumpster and did you catch the line they say when uh, they throw him in the dumpster no money you go in the dumpster no i just made that up <laughs> no. they, they say they say maybe the chicken can lay an egg in there oh weird yeah yeah, it's pretty strange. I guess they're just calling him a chicken because you know chickens like the word used for a coward. Yeah, huh? Yeah, but it's yeah, it's, it, it struck me as a strange thing. And then so he gets out of the dumpster and he's still trying to evade these kids that are bullying him and you know putting him in dumpsters and trying to get <laughs> money. And where does he where does he dive into? Dive into? Um, he sneaks into a bookstore. Yeah. Yeah. And the bookstore there is, I would best describe him as the owner is like a big old Luddite. And he's like, mm, you and you kids, all you do is play right. beep beep machines. Mm, where's the next machine that goes beep? Right. And he doesn't like kids announces right away. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Right away. But then he right away wants to tempt him. He's like, mm, mm, you want to read this book? What did he say about the book he's reading? that it's not safe which is where we put our first drop look oh my god I'm your books are safe blue oh, while you're reading them okay. you get to become tarzan or robinson crusoe but that's what i like about him ah but afterwards you get to be a little boy again what well, what do you mean listen you ever been Captain Nemo trapped inside your submarine while the giant squid is attacking you? Yes. Weren't you afraid you couldn't escape? But it's only a story. That's what I'm talking about. The ones you read safe yes so, go ahead did you catch all those references to all that to, to all those books he mentioned or those characters in books uh not all of them i've yeah, read some yeah. of those books yeah yeah i actually don't know if i've read most of them I, don't, I never read a tarzan book i don't really think of tarzan as being a book yeah i think it was a kid's book for me oh yeah of, that makes sense yeah, robinson crusoe was of course a desert island dude right i, I read that 
Yep. And Captain Nemo was uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I didn't read that. You had the book. Yeah, I read it. I I mean, it was one of those books that like when I read it as a kid, I was like, I guess I'm supposed to like this, but I thought it was pretty boring. Okay, cool. I'm glad yeah. I didn't miss anything. Well, also that's that's kid <laughs> brain, right? It's not it's not meant for an eight year old to read. <laughs> okay. <laughs> probably. Probably. You were being critical of it at eight years old, like, oh this is a book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not critical. I mean I was, I was I was like, Oh, I like this or I'm trying to like this. I read it all, but then I'm wow. like, hmm, pretty boring. <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, this book has a rune on it, and then as soon as he steps away, and do you remember the reason why he steps away? He gets a phone call. Oh, he gets a phone call. That's right. Yeah, so he steps away, and then the kid takes the book and runs to school. Um, we get When he gets to school, it's implied he's always late, and then there's a math test that day. So right away, he dives into this little special area that he has in the school. How would you describe this area that he goes into? It's an attic. I think it's just labeled that way, but uh, it's, you know, a bunch of weird things are there, like a skeleton is there, a bunch of stuffed animals, costumes, crap, basically. Actually, lots of skeletons. There's like a skull on the wall. There's like a whole model skeleton. Right. Later, we like see like a whole wolf head that's just on a stick yeah, that's right, there for right, some right. reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a really, it's a really strange room for an elementary school to have. Yeah, true. And he... Yeah, I guess I should have paid more attention because he spends the whole movie almost there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much where he's at from this point on, totally. And he's there because he's truly transfixed by the story. Right. And how does the story start? Who are the people we meet first? Uh, we meet uh, like a <laughs> weird dude with a top hat. We get another guy who's... You know, it's red had has red around his eyes. There's a bat, um, there's a snail, um, and then right. there's this big old rock man who is like riding some kind of tricycle or something, um, and he pulls up and meets all these other weird characters I just talked about. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like the tricycle, it's almost like a steamroller at first. So when he's coming, like the ground shakes yeah. and they all get freaked out by him, and. You know, right away, I'm just kind of impressed by how weird everything looks and how, like, vivid everything was. Because, you know, you mentioned this before, but it's all real puppetry. There's no, like, computer effects at this point. It's all things they had to make in the real world. Yeah, so uh, the rock biter, and they're scared of him at first, but then, of course, we learn that uh, he's just there to eat their fine rocks because there's no longer rocks in the north. Right. Something has been taking, consuming them all and actually consuming everything. Right. And what, what is consuming the these things? The nothing. Yeah. Do we really know what the nothing is at this point? No, we don't. But we know that it's not just a hole because a hole would be something, the rock biter yeah. says. Right. But this is just nothing. Yeah. And so why, what happens here? Like, do they all just like hang out there forever and talk about the nothing and that's it? Pretty much. And then much. the rock goes on. Yeah, and that's, that's the movie. Thank you guys for listening. It, it's very yeah. short. This is our first <laughs> episode. Yeah, bye-bye. See uh, you next week. Wait. Uh, what were you saying, though? <laughs> okay, I was just trying to say that they don't just hang out there and do nothing. <laughs> right, right. It turns they, out they're they all just, on the same mission, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, it's uh, something that affects every creature in this world. And what is this world called? Fantasia. But I don't know if you get that quite yet or not. Doesn't matter uh, either way. It, I, yeah, we, we, we do. We do because the um, troll guy is using the bat 
to start flying because now they are looking for the heart of Fantasia because uh -huh. they realize that the nothing is coming to consume them as well. And we see a scene of like trees getting root uprooted yeah. and these crazy winds coming through, right. the clouds all swirling around. And then what does the heart of Fantasia look like? I don't know. Well, the heart of Fantasia? I thought it was just a place, place where the Empress chilled out oh they called it the heart of fantasia but oh, yeah it's also called like the ivory tower i believe yeah um, but how would you how would you describe this scene so just so we so the rock biter is going and he's going pretty fast he has like this steamroller machine mm -hmm. there's a troll guy and he's like using this bat to fly with and then the snail we find out is a racing snail so right. the mad hatter the guy with the hat is riding the snail and right. so they're all going to this place pretty quickly um, it's some kind of, there's like a flower and then there's like this tower looking thing. It's white. And then mm -hmm. there's like, uh, you know, those spinners that you, that just became a thing like a couple of years ago. The top looks like that. Um, l l you mean like a fidget spinner? Fidget spinner. Yeah. Um, Weird. Okay. I didn't think about that. <laughs> right. And then everybody is on top of the fidget spinner. I think. Oh, yeah, because yeah. it is like a long or a really, really tall tower with a flat platform. Right. And it's and then these like lotusy flower things coming out at the top. Right. And it's glowing white awesomeness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a really cool synthy music is playing. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And so again, exposing its European roots. It turns out that a bunch of other people are there. And by people, I mean like strange creatures oh of all my kinds. God. Yeah. I was trying to figure out like, how do, how do you describe what we're seeing right here? Because it's such a mind fuck. Right. There's like people with more than one face. There's, there's people that are just face. So, you know, there's yeah. just like a big ass face and there's seemingly like no legs or hands or anything. Right. There is twins of different kinds. I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah, we just give various degrees of heads. Right. <laughs> Small heads, big heads, right. three heads in one head, <laughs> two heads. Bunch of makeup, like all kinds of makeup. Yeah. yeah. But then, but then, you know, there's someone important here. And he's, I guess, uh, we don't really know what he's called. And I couldn't even find it online. But he's, I guess, kind of the leader, an elder of sorts. Yeah, some kind of representative from the Empress. Because... Um, well, I first thought, <laughs> I don't know how <laughs> this like became logically consistent in my mind, but <laughs> I was like, oh, so their empress is a black guy. <laughs> you, yeah, you sent me a text. I didn't yeah. really answer it. I was like, all right. <laughs> oh, hopefully you're following the movie better than that by the end. <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah, so... He comes out, and the most important thing he says is that the Empress is ill. Yes. In fact, she's dying. And then what does he say after that? She's probably dying because of the nothing. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, the nothing is destroying the world as well. And um, there are, there is one. Drop. Oh, drop. there's, okay, drop, sorry. <laughs> she's dying. Oh. Oh. So she cannot save us. But there just might be one chance. The plains people who hunt the purple buffalo have among them a great warrior. He alone has a chance to fight the nothing and save us. He is our only hope. His name is Atreyu. 
Yeah, Atreyu. And as soon as the little boy, who, who Bastion, the, the kid who was reading, mm-hmm. when she hears this, when he hears this, uh, he looks at his, at the back of his backpack. And I could not understand why. Did you have any idea? Oh, I didn't catch that. No. Oh, yeah. Is his backpack called an Atreyu? No. Like the, <laughs> that would have been an important detail. <laughs> there was some kind of like a hero on a horse or something on the backpack. I, w- I thought maybe it was something you knew about that I just didn't or missed out on, but I guess not. Well, there, there's some sort of like, because, you know, there's, there's, there starts to be like a, almost like a meta thing happening right now, right? Oh, where, yeah. Where him and Atreyu are kind of experiencing things at the same time. Yeah, and that gets more pronounced pretty mm-hmm. soon with uh, Morla and all that. But for now, when Atreyu shows up, or the, actually, what does he say? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, we didn't ask for a kid. Yeah. We, hey, we asked for a warrior, but then we learned that this actually is the warrior that they were looking for. Yes. And so Atreyu, you know, you could p- probably tell for the terminology, but it's uh, kind of Native American. And actually, the actor that plays Atreyu is half Native American. Oh. And so one of the things that they say is that he has to get rid of all of his weapons, right? He can't bring his right, weapons. Right, And so what weapons did he have? Uh, like a bow and arrow? Was that what it was? Yeah, so he has to go out and kind of single-handedly do this. But then what is the one thing that he's given to kind of guide him? Ah, he's given the Oren. <laughs> the Oren is like the uh, emblem of the Empress, and yeah. whoever bears it uh, speaks for the Empress. And one thing that I uh, found quite clever on their part was that it was an Ouroboros, basically, but modified in one way. Did you notice what way it was different? I, I don't I don't think the layman knows what a or layperson knows what an Ouroboros is. I'm assuming that's the Doctor Snake thing. Doctor Snake thing? Uh yeah. Yeah. Um Doctor. Well <laughs> Doctor Snake thing. <laughs> uh is the Doctor Snake thing an Ouroboros? Because I know it because don't say Doctor Snake thing again. Um, <laughs> I, I just uh, assume that's what you're talking about. So, wh- wh- what is an Ouroboros? I know it from watching the adaptation. And uh, adaptation is a movie where the movie is about the writing of the movie uh, by uh, Nicolas Cage, who is playing Charlie Kaufman, the actual writer of the movie. And so he says in there that I am Ouroboros. I've written myself into the script. It's self indulgent. It's this and that bullshit. Oh. Um, and okay. so, yeah, the meta gods are represented, I think, by the okay. Oh, the okay. Ouroboros is like the god of meta. Yeah, I guess so. Because or the original, sn- like the the narcissism meta. Because it, the the snake is described as like wanting to eat its own tail, um, uh-huh. which isn't quite narcissistic as it is. Just I don't know. Like, so an Ouroboros is still idea. snake related. Definitely. So I wasn't I wasn't so off of the Doctor Snake thing. God no, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely not off. Uh, now I'm curious though: is Ouroboros the snake thing, or is it like some kind of god of the meta? I don't think there is a god of meta. I I, I want to say there's a god of meta, and his name is Ouroboros, and that's uh that that that's the script that I write. So no one's still there. Ah, it's an ancient symbol depicting a serpent or dragon eating eating its own tail. That thing. Okay, I didn't yeah. know the name for it. Yeah, Egyptian iconology. Mm. Okay, but anyways, yeah, I didn't notice what the difference was. I guess there was three of them, right? I thought there were two, but there oh, were there two? Three. Okay, sure. 
and is it is that is, is that the difference the difference between what and what oh that there are two yeah okay okay <laughs> oh man okay well essentially he's so he's setting off and we we learn he sets off on a horse but the nothing's not the only thing he has to worry about what else does he have to worry about where are my notes that's about Gamorak and everybody's yeah, getting yeah, mixed th- up. That's the answer, Gamorak. Oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> that's where I am in my notes. Thanks. Gamorak also is a, uh, it's not also a creature of darkness. It's the one creature of darkness that we have, but he shares the beginning time of his quest with uh, Atreyu. Yes. <laughs> anyway um, yeah so he's he's kind of hunting atreyu as atreyu is looking for the cure he has gone through the desert of shattered hopes the crystal towers and the silver mountains and where does he find himself after he's checked out all these places oh you couldn't be anywhere else but the swamps of sadness at this I point no because apparently it's it's common knowledge that uh, the wisest being in uh, all of Fantasia lives in the uh, Swamp of Sadness. And who would that be? Well, we haven't met this person yet, or no, person, this uh, this creature yet, but th- this is Morla, Morla the Ancient One. Right, the Ancient One. But what happens before we can get to the Ancient One? What, what ha- happens what, what happens is childhood trauma. That's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> is that... Okay. This Tell this me. is one yeah this is one of those scenes I think up there with like the killing of like Bambi's mother oh. that is you know really you you don't often in in children's movies like experience the death of something I mean I think it does happen more more and more often and especially you know you have films like Coco or Soul where like death is a major part of a kid's movie okay. but this was still at a point where like you know the death of a creature is a very strong emotional moment especially for a child and so this is Atreo trying to lead the horse Artax through the swamps of sadness Artax. as the horse just sinks and sinks and sinks and why is yeah. this horse sinking well they were both doing so good uh, but it's explained that uh, in the swamps of sadness, if you let yourself be overcome by the sadness, you will drown. Yeah. Apparently, this poor horse is uh, overcome with sadness. I'm not sure what was so sad, you know. I'm not sure either. And then also afterwards, I horse, wasn't sure you know, why... Do, do horse think about things and get sad? Like, is horse depression a thing? I... Yeah, no, I know. I think, I think horses are definitely one of those creatures, like a dog, that, like, can definitely have emotions that are pretty visible to humans hmm. this horse was definitely freaking the fuck out <laughs> oh my god i felt so sorry for the horse i in real know life. i yeah. was like wow like, this must be so scary for it right. <laughs> just being buried in water and right. being pulled by this little kid <laughs> yeah and its eyes were like as wide as i plates. know i like was did it have one of those cruelty things at the end did you check I, I mean, I, I, it was a German movie in the 80s, so maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> well, I didn't want to get it. This is a dark story, but the horse actually died in real life. What? No, it didn't. No, okay. I don't know. Okay, probably okay. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say, speaking of the swamps of sadness, how come Atreo doesn't sink after his horse dies? I know. And so you just described this as like super traumatic, but. I was like, why is he being so melodramatic with all these tears and 
well, and, and like Bastion was shown to be crying his eyes yeah. out as well. Yeah. So I guess now I kind of understand. If I had seen this as a kid, I would have been fucking terrified. And sad. yeah, as an adult, it doesn't quite strike the same emotional beats for no. sure. Because you know, like I think we both were thinking about the poor horse in real life. Like, oh yeah, man, yeah. that horse is not having a good time. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, stop abusing the horse. Yeah, but when when you're a child, this is one of those moments that you remember, and this is a, a, tra- a tragic moment. And you know, he makes sure to say like, "My friend, you're my best friend too." So we also get mm-hmm. that sense. And so he's yeah, yeah, he's sad, um, but doesn't sink for some reason. Somehow the sadness, even when it's like his outward is crying, it doesn't sink him. So that horse must have been really bummed out <laughs> <laughs> about something. But uh, these uh, in the swamps of sadness. Uh, the wise one is supposed to live in the shell mountain or some such thing what happens when uh, atreyu finds and goes on to the shell mountain so the shell mountain is actually a bump <laughs> it, it is not large at all <laughs> and when he climbs to the right. top of it it starts rumbling and he falls off and then he get, he grabs onto a tree and just as he grabs under the tree this large tortoise head comes out as if it's going to maybe attack him or something so he screams and who else he, screams at the same time? Bastion screams at the same time, which I actually didn't quite understand because I'm like, oh, here comes this friendly looking thir- turtle. <laughs> and Bastion is like, I didn't quite understand why that was so scary too, especially yeah. after we already been introduced to the nothing and Gamork and things. <laughs> You're right, exactly. And uh, this is the, ver- the first like super pronounced, I guess, meta moment where they yeah. hear him in Fantasia. You know, what's his name? Uh, Atreyu reacts to having heard the scream, like looks and around. And as, as is Morla. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, they both do. They both kind of like, huh, what's that? Yeah, I think I've decided Morla is my favorite character, like in, in more than there's this movie, like out of the most recent, I don't know, five movies I've seen. <laughs> Wow. Do you mean just for this podcast or just in general, like your favorite character? My favorite character. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, Morla is the most like you of any character we've seen. <laughs> that's what you say, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's super true. Well, so <laughs> we're, let's play a quick drop of Morla because... Oh, we do have drops over. Yeah, actually, maybe we should set up the drop a little bit better first. Well, Morla always refers themselves in the we form... We have been waiting so yeah. long for well, you. We haven't spoken to anyone in so long. And we don't care. We don't even know if we'd care to care. <laughs> I think you just did the drop. So oh, God damn. Well, okay. Might as well. well. I was hoping you cut that out anyways. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so Morla's also allergic to youth. Yep. That's right. Are we going to listen to this drop or not? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Go ahead. Play. Okay. Oh, hold on. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Okay, good. (laughs) Um... No, I, I just wanted to say too that uh, why why is why is a trio talking to Morla? Because we didn't talk about that at oh. all. We just talked about Morla as this turtle that sneezes and says "we." She's the ancient one. She's the wise one. And if anybody knows how uh, to beat the sadness, surely she does. Yeah, and most importantly too, he's looking for a cure for the Empress, right? And so right. that is like the number one thing that they're trying to find. Okay, right. so he asks Morla for the cure, and this is how Morla responds. Did you know that the Empress is very ill? Not that it matters, but yes, actually, 
We don't care. If I don't save her, she'll die! There's a terrible nothing sweeping over the land! Don't you care about that? We don't even care whether or not we care. <laughs> yeah, the first time I watched more that was just, I kept laughing out loud. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I did too because I was thinking about you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> Why? We don't care whether or not we care. <laughs> Anyways, anyway. so yeah, he's trying to convince Morla then like, hey, please care about this. Right. If not, she's going to die. And what does Morla think about death? Oh, that at least would be something. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing yeah. matters. So Morla is the original nihilist. And again, right. you didn't know this was German? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, she is definitely the original nihilist. When she says nothing matters, uh, Atreyu is like, that's not right. If you didn't really care, you would tell me because it wouldn't matter to you. And she's like, oh, clever boy. You have to go to the Southern Oracle. But right. the Southern Oracle is, is uh, how far is... 10,000 miles away. Right, exactly. And yeah. uh, I think that's about all we get out of Morla I wish she that is showing yep. up, and so we know he has to keep on going and he's got a long ways to go and so right and we kind of flash back to Bastion at this point exactly and the I think school is out is that the impression you got like oh my god over? so like if this was really happening the father would be calling the police right now right, right. because because <laughs> <laughs> it's dark school right. is out no one's there oh no maybe this is just the point when the school just gets let out Wait, what do you mean? Well, there's there's a scene where like school is obviously empty, and then we see I think the school is out because Bastion tries or is thinking about leaving. It's like witnessing everybody leaving, but yeah. then is like, oh, Atreyu wouldn't quit now, and then goes back to reading. Thing, and that, hap that happened right? before this, right? Because now there's like a storm coming, and Bastion is trying to like brave up to keep oh, on yeah, trudging yeah. through the storm and this right, is the part where the right. wolf head falls near him right <laughs> and he lets out this again a very unrealistic ah. and he's just trudging through the swamps and you can just tell he's getting weary oh, yeah that's and he's right, starting that's to right. fall and he's starting to fail and we get the, like a first person perspective of gamork maybe you get some like wolves <laughs> <laughs> right right like, like ru yeah. running through the forest <laughs> and then right as gamork is about to Bite a trail. What happens? Uh, he is uh, snuck away, or um, snuck I don't know. Away. That's not. I was gonna. I was gonna nail it with with the right word, like whisked away, or. Oh yeah, that's not, that's better. Nabbed away. Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> by by this, I guess he's supposed to be a very sympathetic character, like this. I don't know. This uh, he's called a luck dragon. Yeah. Um, and but he has the face of a dog and the body of a lizard, and I think he's <laughs> like an iguana. Very, right, it's very creepy. Like the very first things he says are just super creepy. I don't like him, and I wish he was different. Wow. So the so okay. So at this point, we don't know that he's a good guy, right? We don't know. So his name's Falcor, right. and yeah. and you you were creeped up by him, huh? Yes, he and should be banned. <laughs> what what was it this seems like a very like uh strong emotional response to felcor 
Um, maybe I've talked it up a bit, but he just seemed like a, uh, I don't know, like a child molester. Didn't he? Weird. Yeah. Like, why? I don't know. His face is just so weirdly expressive and not very expressive at all. Like his mouth moves a little bit and then like four sentences come out at the same time. And uh, like the first thing he tells uh, Atreyu to do is like, come, come scratch me behind my right Like ear. a dog. Okay, fair. But then he's like, oh, oh. Like a dog. Okay, fine. <laughs> I don't know. His eyes move too much. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can see something off-putting, but I think largely, you know, <laughs> kid saw Felcor as a pretty cool character, and you know, he's, he's like a dog dragon. He's he's like a mixture. He's got like a dog face, but then on like a Chinese dragon's body. That's true. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I, I kind of see what you're saying, lizard. and I think he says, isn't like one of the first thing he says, like I like children. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so he's kind of trying to freak out Atreo. So he brought them. He brought him. He brought a trio to this weird area where there's these bickering elf couples. And elf man, it's like a Monty Python voices. He keeps on calling his wife a wench. Ah, oh, wench! <laughs> <laughs> well, she's like putting lizards into soup. Right. right. Yeah. Batwing and, uh, and uh, <laughs> batwing broth and yeah. lizard's brain and scales from a rancid sea serpent. Oh, you were, yeah, I was going to revisit those when you write them, but I was like, ah, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but there, there's a point to these people. And what is the point of these elf people? Uh, they are to tell you about, like, two things that uh, Treyu has to pass through. First is the uh, the thing that I am not finding. The, oh, the sphinx. <laughs> the two sphinx. Yeah. And then basically the two sphinx, but with a different color. <laughs> Right, right. Jumping ahead, yeah. Yeah, so he's an an expert on the Southern Oracle, and that's what we're supposed to be finding here, right? And we learn... And we learned that at this point in time, with Morla, we were 10,000 miles away. Now we're like nine miles away or something like that. 9,891 miles closer to the 10,000 mile. Okay, so almost 20 miles away. Still. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, they have to cross the, sphinx, the sphinxes, and so they see this knight trying to do it first. And what's the one thing you need to have in your heart to like, cross the sphinxes? Uh, you should not have any doubt in your heart. You should love yourself or something. You should feel your own Worth right. in your heart. Right. And how how would you describe these sphinx these sphinxes? They are like women um, with exposed breasts, pornographically endowed. Yeah, good. It wasn't just me. No, like they're like humongous breasts. They're just the wrong color. Otherwise, there would be you know boobs. <laughs> <laughs> they are boobs. They're definitely boobs. What? They're the boobs of the sphinx, right? Yes, yes. But they're they're yeah. boobs, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the actual sphinx in Egypt doesn't have boobs, right? No, these are nothing like the actual sphinx. That's like a, that's like a cat-like <laughs> thing. But exactly. th- these are these are actually statues. They're just women. Bare-breasted women. Definitely huge boobs. Just wonderfully <laughs> huge and and Boobs, so just the, yeah we see an, a brave knight go through first and then as he's crossing through it's all about whether or not the eyes open as uh as someone right. tries to cross and so atreyu right. and the old elf man are watching and like oh is the, are the eyes open are they open yet <laughs> and then as soon as yeah. they open what happens like uh, two lasers come out of their eyes and strike the 
the guy. Yeah, like the... burn him to a crisp. Right. But for some reason, Atreyu, that doesn't seem to phase him at all because he jumps down right, right away and he's like, I want to exactly. try. Exactly, <laughs> right away. Yeah, I think I'm, I can do this, right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he goes forward, but uh, he uh, pauses before just going right. He probably was just admiring the boobs, I bet. He's a little kid. I know. Yeah. That's the next thing I've written oh, down. Oh, really? Boobs. <laughs> Sphinxes, right? <laughs> and... Uh, Right then, he like sees the dead guy. He's completely burned to a right. crisp, like you just yep. said. But since he's stopped, like the scientist guy is like, "Be confident! Don't doubt yourself." Bastion also yeah. is all is be like, confident. "Be confident! Just do it." So, do the eyes open or do they not? Well, the eyes open, and you kind of wonder why no one thought of this before because the eyes open and the lasers shoot out, <laughs> but then he just runs past them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't quite get the moral of. So, like, if you're like not confident just run from your insecurities just cheat right? yeah exactly <laughs> yep yep so so that was kind of the american you know addition to this movie i guess yeah, yeah. like i was really expecting trey you to know his own worth he right. seemed pretty like a right confident like well-adjusted kid. eyes would open but then they would close so you kind of get this yeah. suspenseful moment but yep nope not at all uh I, no. I wanted to say too that the the noises that they make are like they're like star wars noises i almost put a drop of yeah it's exactly yeah. like a lightsaber like those guns in star wars which yeah, which, which exactly we both like love that, yeah. we both love that movie a lot right exactly no i i fucking hate the star wars movies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't <laughs> So, yeah, so he made it, and then we learn that there is yet something else that is even worse. Play a drop of this. I knew he would be Oh, yeah, he's safe. talking to uh, Falcor here. don't understand anything. The worst one is coming up. Next is the magic mirror gate. Atreo has to face his true self. So what? That won't be too hard for him. That's what everyone thinks. But kind people find that they are cruel. Brave men discover that they are really cowards. Confronted with their true selves, most men run away screaming. Oh, boy. Yeah, did we set this up? Properly? Probably not. Um, who's talking to who here? <laughs> yeah. So as soon as I heard Felcor speaking, I was like, oh, yeah, I can see why the creepiness came in because Felcor's got a very like, hmm, I think you finally mm-hmm. made it, don't you? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, his body doesn't move and he's talking and he's just, I don't know, like so, there's something just not right about someone who talks without moving at all well like you just can't trust that kind of person sure i mean you know just that's in limited generally effects. in life I, like i would say like when we first meet falcor and Atreyu is sleeping you know when he wakes up from unconsciousness and we see like falcor breathing that was pretty cool uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah i guess okay I well guess you just hate cool. falcor whatever <laughs> <laughs> so so at this point like how what, how is bastion rea- reacting to this possibility of the magic mirror gate uh he doesn't seem all that phased by it he <laughs> no he man See, so atreyu is like going through a snowstorm right and finally he comes to the magic oh, mirror gate yeah 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 he's and then totally, bastion yeah. just suddenly throws the book but it's not very sudden. He sees something, right? What is uh, Atreus' true self revealed here in the mirror? 
Hello. Hi. <laughs> um, oh, is it Bastion? Yeah. I didn't see that. Really? Yeah. Oh, it was definitely Bastion. Oh, yeah. that's why he throws. Oh my God. Let's read. Okay. Well, I guess I didn't realize that it was Bastion in the mirror. <laughs> okay, that makes a lot more sense. Because I actually have my notes. Why did he throw it? It was a weird beat. He throws the book and he's like, "This is going too far." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I was like, really? That's going too I far? I mean, and also, like, you have to be kind of a narcissist yourself if you're, like, reading a book and someone describes you, like, yeah, that's me. Because <laughs> I don't think it said right. Bastion reading in a library. It's, like, described a boy. He's like, oh, that's me. Well, shoot. How did they actually do this in the book? I know. I'm I'm very curious about it. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about what I know about that at the end. I never read the book. But, um, yeah, I, it, makes you, it makes you curious, right? It makes you curious if, like, they can kind of actually make you feel like you're in the story the same way the Bastion is. Yeah, I guess I just wonder if there is this whole uh, Bastion character or if, mm-hmm. yeah, basically how the stories within the stories right. are. But, yeah, anyway, so Atreyu yeah. enters the Mirror Gates. So, you know, the Mirror Gates actually like a portal. And at this time, Bastion is lighting the candles. And this was the moment where I was like, what is his dad thinking? Like, his dad must be freaking out right now. (laughs) Apparently not, though. When you go into attic, it's just, you know, (laughs) time out from everything. (laughs) Time out from anything. Yeah, totally. Right. Um, Yeah, so now he walks through another gate. It's a Southern Oracle, which is, how would you describe the Southern Oracle? Exactly like the Sphinxes, except they're blue. That's totally what it is <laughs> yeah. are, are they are they dangerous like the sphinxes no they just uh no they're just ah uh, why did i even think this um they're <laughs> dangerous because they're falling apart <laughs> yeah yeah of course they're dangerous um but i mean but they're not dangerous they're, they're, well they're not malevolent right oh they're definitely not malevolent yeah, yeah yeah and and so what is the most important thing we learned from the the southern oracle the trick with the empress is that she needs a new name and it needs to be given to her by a human child <gasps> outside of fantasia oh man too bad we don't know anyone like that huh right <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, and the story pretends like we don't. Yeah, you know? it does. It does. It's like, oh wow, who could that possibly be? Hmm. <laughs> could it be the person I just saw in the mirror, I guess? <laughs> Maybe a trail wasn't yeah, paying attention real either. Atreyu, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, and I wonder like does Atreyu sees his true self as like some boy who's reading about him in the attic? Mm. Like how did that fair in Atreyu's mind. I mean, apparently, like, Bastion found it quite offensive. Jarring, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too bad you didn't see that beat. You have to go back and look. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Maybe actually we, just, yeah. we should just pretend I saw it. Oh, yeah, that part of the mirror where he sees Bastion. Uh, yeah, see? I remember exactly. that. Yeah, okay. wow, that right, was uh, right. very strong. I actually threw the movie at that point <laughs> through my laptop. Because <laughs> uh, I, I saw me. That, that was why I didn't, right. I didn't want to mention it, but it was me, man. <laughs> I'm in the never ending story. <laughs> right. We all are, though. We all are. It's explained, and it all makes sense. So we also, uh, the statues start crumbling, and then we have to learn that this person can only be found outside <laughs> the borders of Fantasia. So right. Atreyu and Falcor, they're flying over the landscape. Atreyu, or Falcor, is laughing like a maniac. He always laughs all the time. So I guess, right. I, you know, your, your, your creepy theory is, it, it it's tracking more and more when I think about it. Good, um, good. And this is kind of the one time where, like, everything looks goofy. The flying looks so goofy. <laughs> <laughs> Just like this guy holding a puppet up in the sky. <laughs> right, right. Yep. 
And then at this time too, B is like, ah, what a shame they didn't ask me. Why? Why? <laughs> and, and why? Why? Why is he sighing and in uh, in shame and? Because his mother had the perfect name. Yep, we gotta hold on to what that name is. But <laughs> right, I know. We <laughs> don't laugh about it yet. I have to uh, laugh. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we reach the sea of possibilities, and this is where the nothing stands in their way. And Falcor seems to be getting kind of sucked into like a vortex. Those clouds are all yeah. swirling. A tree falls off. And at the right. same time, windows uh, blow the wind. Uh, the wind right. blows the windows open where Bastion's reading. Exactly. And then, as he goes back to the book, what's happening? Actually, Atreyu has landed safely on a beach. <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> it's a sea of possibilities. So, yeah, anything is possible. But he's not wearing what? He's not wearing. Was he not wearing something? Oh, oh the Orin, the Orin, the Orin. I was thinking <laughs> shoes. Right. No, he had a shirt. Okay, yeah, he, he, right. he wasn't wearing. He, <laughs> Yeah, he lost the Orin. And he lost Falcor. Yeah. Falcor, he calls out for him. Falcor's in a row. Yeah, we see, we see Falcor um, just, Atreyu! Morin is like creepy, kind of calm voice. <laughs> <laughs> Atreyu. Atreyu. So he starts climbing up this. Uh, well, actually, no, you, you, you talk about this part. Looks like there's something in the distance, but that thing never plays any role in anything. I so. know it was like a, it was like Dracula's castle or something, but yeah, right, it doesn't, exactly. Doesn't matter, I guess. The earth is cracking and just the nothing is doing its thing, and we see the uh, the rock biter guy. Mm. They look like good, strong hands, right? And he's he's so yeah he's sad because his hands look good you know and strong they're rocks <laughs> but mm -hmm. and he's holding on to his friend so his friend was the bat guy he called it the stupid bat and then he named them all mm -hmm. i don't know what their names are but yeah the snail right. the bat the the guy with the hat and he lost them all <laughs> and so we yeah, are learning the nothing yeah that they're probably dead the nothing also got them as well and uh, he's like i i failed them but uh, Atreyu is like, no, I failed. I've lost my luck dragon. I don't have the Orin, mm -hmm. and I can't possibly get beyond the boundaries of Fantasia uh, without those things. So what does the rock man, the rock biter, say that he's going to uh, do now? Uh, oh, that he's going to do? Or he's not going to do? He's not going to... No, he, he's going to do nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say he doesn't do anything. Yeah, of course, he's going to do right. nothing. Yeah, he just starts crying. Right, he's just going to, yeah, yeah, and he's going to let the nothing take me yep. too. Yep, and so we get the sense that the nothing also absorbs the rock biter. And then uh, where does Atreo go into at this point? Uh, he keeps walking. So, I, you know, there's no real sense of direction here, but yeah. he finds himself in a spot where he sees his journey up to this point in different murals on the wall. Yeah, he's like in a cave or something. Uh, except, yeah, right. It's pretty light in there and it, there seems to be a sky. I don't know what. <laughs> okay. So you're just trying to say not a cave at all. All right. <laughs> right. I don't know where we got the cave thing from. <laughs> Just think paintings on the wall, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's a caveman, right? Isn't that the point of the movie? No, he's one of the plains people who yeah. hunts the purple buffalo, man. What what caveman? But anyways, so we, we see we see the story up to this point and we see yeah. Atreyu, uh, you know, we meet the see the leader. This is all paintings on the wall, and then the last painting we mm -hmm. see is what? Is of Gamora. 
dark wolf mm-hmm. with green eyes. And of course, once we see him, the camera pans over and you see that exact thing in reality. Oh my God. Who's actually in a cave so this time. Shocking. So <laughs> right. Gamork is in a yeah. cave. <laughs> Gamork is in a cave. That's legitimate. <laughs> but does Gamork know that he's talking to Atreyu? Uh, no, he doesn't. Yeah, Gamork just knows that if you come any closer to him, he's going to rip you to shreds. He knows that like he's, he's a wolf. He's a really mean wolf. And he wants to just kind of kill everything, it seems like. But really, he's been waiting for one. And there's been one yeah. name that he has been waiting for. And that name, of course, is Atreyu. But before right. all this, he talks about his philosophy on the nothing and Fantasia. Right. What does, what's one of the things he says about Fantasia? That it is the realm of human wishes and hopes. Drop. Foolish boy. Don't you know anything about Fantasia? It's the world of human fantasy. Every part. Every creature of it is a piece of the dreams and hopes of mankind. Therefore, it has no boundary. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there are sounds like that all over the scene yeah um and so why is fantasia dying because uh of the uh people losing hope and forgetting their dreams right and he says something like the nothing is the emptiness that is left after this is done yes and i thought like ooh, like a desk job (laughs) exactly (laughs) oh man I was thinking the same exact thing <laughs> applying for a desk job today. I'm not I'm not forgetting my dreams nor losing Good. hope. I'm not either. I mean, yeah. you know, this podcast is so so once this podcast goes away, which you know is gonna be in two more weeks probably, then <laughs> then we forget our hopes and dreams and then we have the nothing right. will overtake us. Exactly. But yeah, the, but not this yet. is our fight against the nothing. Right. Uh, uh, and so so why does Gamork want the nothing to succeed? Because he's serving the nothing. And because people without hopes are easy to control. Totally. This is a common theme in lots of kids' movies, too, about how, like... Is it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, you know, the the demarcation line between, like, being an adult and being a child is, like, you lose your hopes and dreams oh. and you become an adult. So in lots of kids' True. movies, becoming an adult is a tragedy. Yeah, and in real life. <laughs> Hey, but at least we get to drive cars, right? <laughs> and then Falcor finds the Oren. Is the next thing I have in my notes. <laughs> well, actually, the next thing that happens is that the easiest fight in cinematic history ensues, where oh, exactly. Gamork That's... learns Atreyu is Atreyu, the one who he's been sent to kill, and he leaps yeah. out, and Atreyu instantly stabs him right away, and uh, right. Gamork is now a rug. Um, then I have like wind, clouds, nothingness, Falcor. I don't know how those words relate to each I other. Mean, I mean, <laughs> wow, yeah. And you watched this twice, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the most essential thing that happens next is that they meet the Empress, right? Do they? So actually, we, we just skip over something pretty important. Like Fantasia is being destroyed here, right? Right. And so Falcor is flying through a space-like environment. I think that's what your notes exactly. were implying. Um, right. <laughs> and again, Atreo is saying he failed. Thalcor says you mm-hmm. tried, uh, but they're still hoping one thing is still there. And what are they hoping is still there? The ivory towers where the empress lives. And 
Do they get uh, to the Empress or not? They do, yeah. And the Empress mm -hmm. is a very strange-looking child. Yeah, it's like uh, basically Atreyu, but without hair and with a female voice. How is she like Atreyu? I actually think Atreyu, the Empress, and Bastion are all the same actor. Are they not? No. Like that? Didn't, no? No. Okay. That, that was a real thought? It was a real thoughts. But I guess I started doubting it throughout the episode that we had been recording but uh yeah it was a real talk oh huh, okay yeah i i'm i'm look no yeah definitely not <laughs> i just looked it up mm, not the case. <laughs> nope <laughs> okay. three different people and i would say they all look quite different <laughs> and atreyu is not like a young keanu reeves because he definitely looks like keanu reeves. i mean yeah you, you didn't say that first yeah i would i would agree with that to some extent sure okay cool yeah so the, the uh shaved head atreyu is no uh, no the empress not not the shaved head <laughs> atreyu <laughs> okay so the empress <laughs> i mean we, we should say for anyone that hasn't watched this for a long time the empress is a bald girl that looks <laughs> Nothing like Atreyu. Atreyu is, <laughs> he has long flowing hair. Bastion is just like yeah, but the most just... like boy looking boy ever. Okay. <laughs> I, I differ in opinion. <laughs> All right, but yeah, you're saying the bald Atreyu. Yeah, that's what she looks like. Or the bald Bastion because <laughs> those guys look the same to me too. And I mean, it just makes sense that they would be played by the same actor. But I guess nope. not. No. The Empress is like, why are you so sad? Mm -hmm. What does Atreyu say? He hands her the Orin and he says, I've failed you. And she says, no, 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 you brought him with you. And then the Atreyu seems frustrated that she already knew this for some reason. Yeah, well, it makes sense because she already knew the thing that he went through all this trouble to find out. Yeah, that's true. And at this point, yeah, he's learning that Bastion has suffered with you. Mm. He's uh, He's been with you through all these different experiences. Yeah, which is key because he otherwise wouldn't have been there. Right. right. And how does Bastion affect this reality again? He is like, they can't be talking about me. Yeah, he says, he says, what? And then that like sends rocks throwing, flying through space. It does? <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah, kind of. There's like just things like ricocheting about when he says <laughs> okay. it. Okay. And they look around and like, what? I didn't notice that. Yeah, well, we did a good part. We did a good job like not noticing the things the other one did. So that's... Uh... <laughs> right. <laughs> Like Falco's creepiness. Apparently, it's this is like so foreign to uh, to Bastion because he keeps saying they can't be talking about me. He can't imagine one little boy can be that important. Right. The Empress has to address him by his freaking name <laughs> before. Yep. She's like Bastion. Bastion, call out the name. You know it. Call out the name. What's the name? And then Bastion goes to the window, and what is the name of his mother that he gives to the Empress? Moonchild. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I didn't think it was going there. I don't remember I that. I know, right? It's like this weird <laughs> Native American name in the middle of a European movie. It's just even like a just like, like I think like a hippie name, right. right? Yeah, you're right. I got carried away with your allusion to uh, Native Americans earlier. Um, and he first says the reason I'm not doing it is because my dad like forbid me to. What did you say? It's like uh, yeah, 
no, I'm supposed to keep my feet on the ground or something. That that his dad has told hmm. him to do. So he finally says the name, and then he's in the world. Yeah. And as he's in the world, the Empress is holding sand, or it looks like sand, and she puts the sand in his hands. Yeah, and, and what do we learn the sand is actually? What does it do? The sand is this last grain of sand that's left of Fantasia, and it's glowing somehow. Fantasia. Since it's there, because if it weren't, there would be no Fantasia, Bastion can wish the whole world back. Oh, and we kind of skip around this, but like, it's pretty heavily implied that Atreus is dead at this point. Whoa, 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 when did... No, no. Yeah. Oh, I guess, yeah, he probably is. <laughs> because yeah, there's only like, one <laughs> grain of sand left of Fantasia. <laughs> right, right, Everything, everything's gone, right? right? The nothing is taking everything. And then Bastion has a wish. And I thought this was funny, because the first wish is that he wants to ride Felcor, which sounds like your worst nightmare. <laughs> but then, also, this is in the scheme of, like, Atreus dead, and that's the first wish he has. He's like, I want to ride that dragon thing. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense but then yeah he learns that no matter what he can keep on wishing and the more wishes he has the more the fantasia reappears right. so that's said so much better than i did. i would like took good three minutes to be like um if he wishes stuff um maybe <laughs> parts of uh, fantasia comes back when he wishes stuff that's basically and that is my podcast host morva <laughs> matters but you say things better sometimes sometimes and sometimes you do too and you're easier to edit because you have lots of spaces in between you whereas i just slur all my words together and it's one string uh sometimes but you, you you have these little nice nice little um bumps i'm like oh that's an um bump take that out um yeah probably oh i see it it is a little bump yeah <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna like paint an um for you. You can put it in front of your wall. <laughs> and I want to mention too that everyone's dead. But then, of course, it's a kids' movie, so we realize that everyone's not dead because the wishes start bringing Fantasia back. So we see a tray riding on his horse. We see the weird creatures that we meet in the beginning. They don't really have anything to do with the rest of the movie. Right. We see the rock biter, um, and so we're not we're no longer no one really died, right? right? Everything is back. Everything that was good is back. Everything's back. Yep, it's almost like it was all a dream. Right. And then he takes Felcor to ride to the city to terrorize the bullies. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which I'm not sure if that's commensurate. Like, they did a very earthly thing to you. Now you're going to chase them with this creepy, white, pale dog Oh, slithering yeah. thing you could argue that any bullying like results in a trauma right, of some right. sorts but that trauma of being chased by whatever that falcor thing yeah. is in the real world if you had no idea that was a thing yeah. that 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 would certainly trump any sort of like trauma you definitely, have from those bullies definitely. i should say though that falcor is indeed very lovable kindness and happiness kind of exuding but, uh, you know, I thought I would find him creepy for this podcast. So, so wait, are, were you just being contrarian the whole time with Falcor then? You loved him and just wanted to kind of like... Mm, yeah, kind of. Offer... Oh, okay, but that's weird. still, All right. like, yeah. he, he just wasn't very... I don't know. I, I didn't like how poorly he was, I don't know, realized in the end with his movement and whatnot. I guess that's, that's the confines of the technology. So that's what CGI has, is that you can, like, have these very lifelike motions, but then you're compromising that with uh, something else yeah. that seems super unlifelike. But I feel like the rock guy, you know, he said a lot of stuff and he looked very believable. Um, hmm. What else was there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
the the bat. The bat didn't do a whole lot, but yeah, the bat was believable. Gamork, Gamork wasn't very believable. No, Gamork would but just, creepy. Yeah, like his eyes would yeah. open up and mm-hmm. close, and you know he was. I mean, yeah. you could definitely say the puppetry. Like they definitely skipped on the part where the lips <laughs> matched the words. Right. That's true. Anyway, that's basically I think how the movie ends yeah there's there's a line right. and i actually rounded to write it down but i don't want to say it now that i no. did that so it, it, doesn't, it doesn't i mean it's just like bastion made many other wishes mm-hmm. and then he had adventures and then he returned to ordinary world on its own time but that's another story so like he's been away from home for 24 hours now at least oh yeah because it's daylight now yeah he's gonna go do a bunch of so other... no mention of the father right again i know ever <laughs> <laughs> cps should be called I, I want to say so. Okay, you want to ask me a question though? Oh yeah. So how old were you when you watched this? Oh, uh, I, I was like probably around the age of Bastion, a little bit younger, like probably like eight. Oh wow. Okay. How did it uh, grab you? Oh man, I think every kid loves this movie because there is like so so much like vivid imagery. Right. And even like rewatching it, like the sphinxes mm-hmm. and like the nothing. Yeah. You know the swamp of sadness. Yeah. I mean, there's you know I say I don't like fantasy, but then I do like these certain elements right. of it. And I always like in fantasy how there's this like really all encompassing darkness that can take over things if like you don't right. fight the forces exactly. you need to fight. Right. 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 Okay. Was there something as a kid that you like, kind of loved the most about the movie? Uh, well, you know, it might have been Falcor, you asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. think I remember Falcor as my. Wait, that where did that statement come from? <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> so you've seen this movie? So this whole thing was a setup. <laughs> I guess I'm saying my kid self would have loved Falcor the most. Yeah, Falcor is definitely like the thing I remembered about this movie before. I mean, like, you know, and like once I watched it, things came back. But, you know, if I could tell you, if I could have told you nothing about it, I remember the name Atreyu. I remembered Felcor. I think I remember both their names, too. Right. So I I explained to Jeff that there is this story that I think the never ending story is that I read when I was a kid. And I still don't quite know if it was but it but the one thing that i remember from that story was this creature that the uh, main character wrote on um that was very much falcor like if not hmm. actually falcor and i remember him like flying by the planets so yeah my kid self loved something like falcor <laughs> and i i still kind of <laughs> like falcor yeah yeah um absolutely because you know it's this like magical creature that also look, kind of looks like a dog so mm. it's Two of the things the kids love the right. most. Um, so were you freaked out by anything in particular aside from the horse? Uh, I was freaked out by the horse for sure. I bet I was kind of freaked out by like the people in the beginning because they're pretty weird looking. Like mm. the bat and, mm-hmm. and the snail thing. Yeah. I I wonder if it's if I wonder if I was like originally freaked out by Falcor. I bet Gamork scared me. Mm. I don't remember that, but I bet I bet Gamork scared me. Um, and I bet the nothing scared me too, yeah. because the nothing is kind of like death. Right, and it's right? so conceptual too. You can put yeah. anything in there as a kid. Did it influence the way you played at all? The way I played. Like, did it make so its way like, into your play? Like, did I pretend I was a Treyu? Maybe. Did you? I don't think so. Hmm. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, most of my most of my play was Ninja Turtles. Oh, like video <laughs> games or just uh, like action nice. figures. Okay. Maybe video games too, but yeah, I don't think I ever played the Neverending Story. Huh, okay, and did the parts that were um, like meta? Did you 
you know, in your imagination, did you put yourself in there somehow? Because, I mean, the actual audience is referenced in there. It's like at one point between uh, the Empress and Atreyu, uh, they talk about the Earthling and they talk about how he's being watched by some or some such thing, others who are following him. I think that went over my head when I was a kid. Okay. You, you do enter this realm of more believability as a child, so mm. it doesn't take as much effort for you to think something is true okay. or something is real or to think that you have control over something. Okay. It's kind of like when I was a kid, I always, um, how would I describe this? So I always said, oh, yeah, if I pass this thing by this moment, then this thing is going to happen. Oh. So, for example, if I'm like riding in the back of a car mm-hmm. And if, uh, oh God, this is too no, complicated. No, no. Or like, okay, let's say like, uh, you know, we, we had a motorized gate that went to our yard, right? Yeah. And so as, as the gate shuts, so I would tell myself, if I can get to this part before the gate shuts, then I can like make some this like something happen. And mm. okay, cut, cut all this no, out. This, no, no, this no, 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 it's something I still kind of do. Like I, I yeah, I do it too sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell myself like, oh, if they don't call me in the next 10 minutes, then... I'll be good. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, I do it all the time. Um, How did that come up, though? How did... Oh, just talking about, like, imagination and how you can kind of... Oh, yeah, and that's kind of what I was asking. Like, did it... uh, Did this meta aspect of it, did it make you feel a certain way or see it a a different way? Or was it just like, oh, it's another ending to a kind of weirdish story or something. I think it must have done something because, you know, I and I don't remember exactly what it was just because I think it's still when I watched it, I didn't watch it a lot of times, mm. although I must have watched it enough because there is like definitely Im- things that are imprinted in my memory that mm. I was reminded of upon rewatching it. Huh. Um, but I, yeah, I, I don't remember the meta thing really striking, okay. but then it did. This was also like one of the first movies I thought about when I thought about the concept of this podcast. And I, oh, this is one yeah. of the first like children's movies that I thought probably wouldn't suck. Right. No, definitely didn't suck. I think I kind of selfishly asked that question because I remember the the this story that could have been <laughs> this um, as having a satisfying ending my brain is full of meta because like my own script is meta and I yeah and, I thought about yeah. that as like oh yeah you should have watched Never New Story I right, guess right. <laughs> the, the original meta for kids yeah, yeah. <laughs> well you you mentioned a couple times how you like this movie so uh, what would you give it Four stars. Damn, that's the you you your star stinginess is. <laughs> we can't call you star sting anymore. I don't know. This is the only movie I've given more than. I think I gave. Did I have I given anything three and a half? I don't think so. I don't know. Twilight Zone. You like gave it like three different ratings, so I'm not quite sure which one you're sticking with. But <laughs> yeah, I don't think you gave anything three and a half. Yeah, no. I think you gave. Yeah, I think you gave Coming to America was your highest, and that was three. Yeah. And maybe you give Twilight Zone three as well. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah, but yeah, so four. Four. Nice. Definitely four. This was very much cinematic. It was just sumptuous. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> you saying sumptuous is way creepier than Falkor, <laughs> by the way. I don't know why, but yeah, I mean, if you're calling things creepy, might as well. Sumptuous. <laughs> anyway, it's beautiful, and the story mm-hmm. is great. And it was a great ride, even for me as an adult. And uh, I watched it twice without hating it either time. <laughs> or like, I, I shouldn't say that. I'm enjoying it 
every time. Uh, cool, man. Yeah, well, I'm glad we finally saw a movie that uh, made you release your your, your star barrier, <laughs> your star ceiling. Right. Um, how about you? How would you rate this? I would I would say probably three and a half again. Mm. I, I'd like to go with a three and a half. I almost want to give it a four. I don't know if I quite do because I don't know why. Yeah, I just thought it fell just barely short of a four. But then I have to remember that this is fully a kid's movie. So in the end, it really it, it deserves a four. It's well made. There's love put into it. Yeah. Um, maybe it's just because I don't really care about fantasy that much, yeah. but yet, you know, it's, it's, it's a movie that struck me and, stru- and sticks with me. Yeah. And I think a lot of people feel very fondly about this movie. It's still well-received, you know, so it has like an 80% Rotten nice. Tomatoes. Yeah. And, uh, I, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, th- uh, there was part of my metric was something that you said is like, if a movie tries to do something different with, with the genre or what have you. And I think this tried to do something different with the fantasy sure. because of the, way the story is structured and how it kind of puts you into the story and i was kind of curious as to whether we would like really delve very often into actual kids movies Mm -hmm. um because they they kind of they they can be a bit hard to talk about as an adult uh you know you just you're so far removed from being in that mindset in lots of ways but then Maybe that's the nothing overtaking us, and we should watch more <laughs> of these kids' movies. <laughs> yeah, man, them game, if they're as good as this yeah. one. Uh, they're, they're usually not. <laughs> Fair enough. This did seem pretty unique. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Well, yeah, that's a never-ending story. So please go into our Facebook page. We're going to start having polls, I think, after this week. We have gotten too many requests, and I don't really know how to choose one at this point, so... Just look at the Facebook page, look at the Facebook group, and start voting on those polls. And also, if you really want to go to Twitter, we said a bunch of insults against Star Wars. And what else do we insult? <laughs> uh, Something else sacred? Trilogy of the... Um, oh, the Lord right. of the Rings. Yep. Yep. Game of Thrones. So yeah, now's the time to start tweeting uh, your threats to us. Right. And also, if you want to like us and review us on iTunes, that helps get us more listens. Well, thanks so much for listening, everyone. And I hope uh, to catch you next week. We are not announcing our next movies anymore. So tune into Facebook and you will see what we're going to talk about next week. Yes, thank you to everyone who listened. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.